Our sermon text for today comes from the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were there, were on their way to Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elisha, Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. <coughs> Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Or Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. This is the word of God for the people of God. <clears throat> I titled my sermon today, Ask Boldly. 
Because what Elisha asked for was something that was almost beyond human comprehension. Elijah was such a great prophet of God, probably one of the greatest prophets of God. He accomplished so much working for God, and God looked at Elijah so highly that he took him to heaven without Elijah dying. That tells you what God thought of Elijah. It only happened twice that people were taken to heaven without dying. Enoch and Elijah, two people who were called great men of God. Now just a little side note here. If you're trying to remember the difference between Elijah and Elisha and who comes first and who comes second, it's easy. J comes before S. So just remember, Elijah is first, Elisha is second. So that's another trivia question for you in case you ever need it. Elisha was a student of Elijah. And he studied under him and he followed him and he learned from him. And when he found out that Elijah was going to be taken away from him, I'm sure he spent some time thinking about it. All of us have had people in our lives who have been mentors. People who we've looked up to for one reason or another. People who, whether it's in what we do for our business or in our family or in our faith life, we have people who we have looked to and thought of them as somebody who we would like to emulate in our lives. When we're little kids, we have lots of, I'll call them idols, people we look up to, people who we think so much about. If we play sports, it's probably a professional athlete. If we play music or do something else, we look up to somebody who is gifted and accomplished in whatever we would like to do. Elisha had Elijah. And when Elijah and Elisha started out, Elijah kept trying to tell Elisha to stay behind because he knew that God was going to take him away and he didn't want Elisha to see that for some reason. Probably because he knew it would upset Elisha because Elisha looked at Elijah as a father, a father figure, somebody who he thought so highly of. And Elisha's response every time that Elijah tried to tell him to stay behind was, and this is my paraphrase, no way. I'm not staying behind. As long as God lives and as long as you live, that's a vow that Elisha is making. As long as God lives, I am going to go with you. And as long as you live, I'm going to follow you. That's Elisha's statement. And they wander all over. They go 
to all these different places, and Elisha just keeps following. Finally, Elijah realizes that they're coming to the end of their journey. And he says, what is it that you want? What do you want me to give to you? In other words, I have given you all of my knowledge. I've given you all of my wisdom, all of my understanding of God. What more do you want? And it's amazing what Elisha asked for. I want a double portion of what God has given you. Think about that. Think about the most godly person that you know and think how comfortable you would be saying, I want a double portion of what that person has. That's quite the thing to ask for. And Elijah answers, if you see me taken up to heaven, if you see me taken from you, then it will be given to you. If you don't see me, it won't. One of the things we need to understand about asking God for big things is just because we ask doesn't mean we're going to get. Sometimes we have this idea that if we pray and we have a good enough prayer or we pray enough or long enough or we get enough people to join us in prayer that God will answer us. The reality to God answering prayer is God is going to answer prayer according to his will for us. It, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it may mean that God is not going to grant what you're asking for. Now, we may not understand why, but we need to understand that it is God's will. Now, Elijah, Elisha kept asking. Elisha wanted to go with Elijah. Elisha wanted to receive a double portion. And Elijah was smart enough to know that I can't grant you that because God's grace, God's power that lived and worked in Elijah was not something that Elijah earned. It was something that God gave to Elisha. Elisha understand who he understood who he was. Elisha was a Nevi'im. It's a Hebrew word that gets translated many times as prophet, but it's probably better translated as a go-between. And a Nevi'im was somebody who went to God, God spoke to them and through them, and then they spoke to the people. And then they would go back to God with the prayers and the requests of the people. So they were kind of a go-between. And we learn in the Old Testament that a Nebuchadnezzar was given the power and the Spirit of God when they spoke for God, but then when they were done speaking, God would take his Spirit back. So it was a continual giving and taking of the Spirit of God, and they came to understand that it was God who worked and spoke in them. It was not themselves. 
Now, Elijah, if we go back and look at his history, we may think that Elijah was perfect. He was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire. Elijah was not perfect. Elijah had his little temper tantrums. He had his oh-pity-me moments, just like we do at times. But in all, Elijah was somebody who always came back to understanding that God was in charge. When they were trying to kill him, he went and hid in a cave. That was his oh-poor-me moment. But God spoke to him and explained to Elijah that they may be trying to kill him, but that wasn't God's will. And it was time to get back out there and continue with what God had called him to do. And so that's what Elijah did. Now as they're walking along on the other side of the Jordan, it says that a chariot and horses of fire come and separate them. Okay. I don't think that if that happened, I'd be too interested in going through the chariot of fire. So they're separated and Elijah is taken to heaven. And he drops his mantle, his cloak, which he told Elisha that if he saw him, that that would be the understanding that God was going to work in him. And for Elisha, being able to pick up that cloak was something physical that he could hold on to and remind himself that God had promised that if that happened, he was going to receive a double portion of Elijah's power, Elijah's spirit. So he picks it up, and he walks back to the Jordan River, and I have to wonder why he used these words. Where now is the God of Elijah? And he touches the river. In other words, he's testing it. Is this really going to happen? Am I really going to have a double portion of what Elijah had? And the water split just as it had when Elijah had touched the water with his cloak. And Elisha went on and began his ministry. What I want us to understand is that we need to stop dreaming so little in our lives when we're looking at doing the work of God. We need to start dreaming big and asking boldly. What is it that God would have us to do? We read in John chapter 14 in the end of the chapter that Jesus tells his disciples that you will do greater things than I have done. Do you ever think about that? That we would do greater things than Jesus had done? We have. Jesus spoke to people in one small portion of the world. We speak now to people all over the world. We have the opportunity to touch lives all over this earth. 
We have the opportunity to do many great and wonderful things, but I think sometimes we think too small. We think that, oh, I can't do that. I'm not capable. We're not capable. We're not big enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough people. We don't, and we've got a whole list of excuses why we're not capable of doing great and wonderful things for God. The only requirement is a desire to see the work of God being done. Elisha wanted to do God's work and wanted to do it as great as he could. He wanted to continue on in the ministry of Elijah, but he wanted to do even better. I think of those who have gone before me and I have looked at as mentors in the faith. And I want to be a better pastor than they were. I doubt I ever will because I look so highly upon them and I learn so much from them. But we in the church need to start thinking big. We need to start asking boldly and stepping out in the name of God and allowing God to work great and wonderful things in us. It's been a tough year this last year. It's been difficult. It's been times that we weren't allowed to have church, times when it was really probably not safe to have church, and times when we just didn't know what was going on. And we think, are we going to survive? Are we going to make it? How are things going to change? I want you to think about something. In this last year of 2020, we have new people who have started to come to our church, both churches. Well, how did that happen? Why did that happen? What's going on? I thought people stopped going to church. We have new people coming to both churches. Why? That's God's way of working. God has worked wonderful things in our churches. Not because we're wonderful. Not because we do everything so great and we have such a great program. And We've made some decisions to invest in some new equipment that I think has helped out. Last week, I think we had 175 people who joined us online, plus the people who were in church. How many of you thought two years ago that we would have those kind of numbers participating in a worship service at Phelps Chapel? And we think, oh, this last year has been horrible. This last year has been fantastic with the amount of people that we're reaching now. People that we're touching. Maybe their churches aren't meeting right now. Maybe their churches don't have the technology to be able to project a service over the internet. And so they're joining us. 
God has done great things because we've boldly stepped up and said, God, use us. Now, God has given us people who are very capable of leading us in technology, and we thank God for that. But we need to continue to boldly ask God to work in our church and in our lives. We need to boldly step out and become the church of Jesus Christ for this area and for all who listen. God is capable of doing so much more than we ask. May God open our eyes to the possibilities. May God grant us that we may touch many lives with the message of Jesus Christ. Amen.